Welcome to the SBCA Podcast Component Connection. Looking at how businesses around the country are innovating to take advantage of opportunities in the construction supply chain. Now, here's your host, Sean Shields. Welcome, everyone. On today's podcast brought to you by the Structural Building Components Association and LMC, we are going to continue our discussion with Brian Kirkhoff, president of KA Components in Otterburn, Indiana. On this episode, we are going to talk more about how his company has thrived doing work with LBMs and what it takes to keep his customers happy. Brian, welcome back to the podcast. Glad to be back. Thank you, John. All right. Are you still hungry? Um, I'm ready for round two. Okay. Second course. Yeah, go up for uh, some more helpings of pizza. Here we go. So on on the last episode, you shared how your family's business grew from a, a home building and remodeling into a large component manufacturer that sells product exclusively to LBMs. And we ended with you talking about your company's philosophy of being a pizza shop that is really good at 11 toppings and what it might take for you to add the 12th. I want to start this session by sort of taking a half step back and talking about loyalty. Uh, you touched upon this a little bit, but I want to get into more depth and like, in what ways does your approach rely on your customer's loyalty? And then how did you go about developing a company approach in a company environment where you're always tending to that loyalty? First, I agree. It's a, it's a twofold trust. Um, that's what creates the partnership. And for us, it's about being transparent and having sometimes a difficult conversation hmm. with our customer, but yet... Um, having all the cards out on the table, sticking to our morals, realizing that even though the grass may look greener on the other side, it isn't, um, at least from our perspective, we don't necessarily run their business. They don't run ours, but together we can be successful in how we go about business. That's really what we try to do day in and day out. You get into pieces and parts like delivery dates. We'll be damned if we miss the delivery date. So I don't want to say it that way, but um, our, our goal is, and what we strive for, and from a probably a warranty perspective, could say we don't miss a delivery date. That is, we're beholden to that. That's a commitment that we make to our customer, mm-hmm. and we're going to hit it. And then you just continue to build from there on conversations and deliverables and commitments that we make that build trust. Mm. So, and in, in other words, I mean, not that most businesses are sort of operating off of that assumption for the most part, right? Of like, you're paying for X and I'm going to give you X. But what you're saying there is that you want to make sure that the cornerstone of your business is that reliability, right? Like if you if you tell one of your your LBM customers that has been loyal to you, they've been, they've been pushing work your way for however many years... That if you say, okay, you want an X date, I can do X date. It is absolutely going to be there on X date. They're never going to be like, where's my trusses or, or anything like that. Right. I guess down to our word yeah. and our commitment. So, I mean, in, internally then there's, there has to be some conversations with your staff, right? Of like, yeah, okay. So if we can't meet a certain day, you need to know, let me know immediately up front, right? So I got to let the customer know that. Because if I promise I'm going to get a certain day, like, you know, you're going to have to bring your kids in and work on the weekends to get this done. Right. <laughs> yes. We do have family work holidays. I'm not known. <laughs> and I can imagine that your customers then 
that's one of the reasons why they keep on coming back, right? They know they can rely on you. Yes. I would imagine, though, thinking about this last year with material shortages, costs over, I mean, just the the, the escalation of uh, material prices, all that kind of thing. How did those conversations go with your customers to sort of temper their expectations and make sure that they know? You, you use the word transparency, but I'm curious what that looked like for you guys when you were living through that. Uh, it, it looks probably like what you think it does. Um, <laughs> there, are, there are moments that the news is not great, but for us, the thread runs through the entire organization and, and it has to. From the moment that uh, we're awarded a job to how, how does that turn into a schedule and people are looking at it and capacity planning goes into some of my involvement, which is procuring material. And all of us know in this business, uh, some of those things get harder uh, the last few years. Others have stayed the same, but it's, it's stabilizing ourselves on uh, just straight up honesty and the old adage of don't overcommit. Hmm. So it doesn't mean that we're necessarily completely under committing, but we know based upon conversations that happen internally with capacity and staffing and other material needs that uh, this is what we can do. We've been doing it long enough where we know we can make these trusses or these panels in this amount of time, given the information we have. And that will in turn yield the best result because it's a team derived decision. And then once that happens, the team knows that it's, it's the team that's committed to that. It's the KA team, but it's all the team members that were involved in doing it. And, and we then produce on our results. So I can imagine uh, in sort of today's environment where uh, everybody's desperate for their trusses, that it, it can be hard to not overcommit, right? Yes. Because like, there's just so much work out there and everybody's sort of I'm just curious, how do you resist that temptation? Because I've certainly talked to plenty of component manufacturers who have gotten themselves in some water because they did not resist the temptation. They, they took on all the work that they possibly could get. They said, yes. Right. Um, how do you say no to someone? It goes back to, one, we know what our capacity is. Uh, we know what our capabilities mm-hmm. are. And using both our relationship with our customers mm-hmm. and the knowledge that we have doing this for 30 or more years, this is what we can do. We know we can't be everything to everyone and we're not trying to be, but be really damn good at what you can be for the select few. Mm-hmm. And for us, it's, uh, you know, we, we look in the mirror, we understand who we are and there's probably some beautiful uh, beauty aspects in there. And there's probably other things that are, you know, darn as beautiful, but that's who we are. And that's what we do. Um, and just strive to produce and provide, um, and follow through on our commitments as best we can. There are times that, you know, mother nature plays a part. There are times that their equipment malfunctions happen and you just have to be honest and transparent with your customer. I think over the years, they've realized that we don't use that as a crutch. If we're not there because the truck broke down, it's really because the truck. Broke. Right. And, and it was, it's not like you don't do maintenance on your truck. It's like something you, it was completely unforeseen. It just Correct. unavoidable. So Loyalty, trust, you know, these words are thought of as sort of interchangeable, or at least one leads to the other. One of the aspects of that trust is this, I think sometimes one of the knocks or criticisms of the two-step process that you're talking about, selling to the lumberyard that then sells to the, the, the customer, is that you end up 
sometimes not being able to communicate directly with the installer or the builder or, or whoever's working on the job site, uh, handling your product, that kind of thing. And so that can sometimes lead to mistakes, uh, errors, um, headaches downstream, right. but you don't have that experience. Can you, can you talk about how that trust has led to opening doors to have direct communication with sort of the end customer? Sure. Yeah. When, when you and I spoke earlier, I mentioned that, that we, we're, we're blessed that uh, we have close enough relationship with our customers that we get to speak with their customers. And a lot of times we sit down at the table with them or we're at a job site. With them. And there are many times that communication happens direct um, between mm -hmm. ourselves and our customers' customers. I think it ultimately just goes back to a sense of transparency, specifically when we have communications with our customers, customers, we relay that information or update them just as though they, they had the conversation because all of us have to be in the know, so to speak, because there are things they are providing that are related to items that we're providing and vice versa, keeping them abreast of phone calls we may receive or questions that we may have, or when we're at a job site, I think just continually doing that over the years, it builds that trust and, and know that the reason we're asking and we're sharing it with them is so the solution that we are collectively providing ends up being, comes off without a hitch. Well, that's a good point. It's sort of one of those things where you are copying them on the emails, leaving them voice messages to, to update them on a conversation you have with a customer. Some of that is, hey, we know this isn't your area of expertise. In some ways, you don't care as long as it's handled, but we're still letting you know that it, it happened and that we we collectively are providing a slightly different solution to the customer because of something that came up or some some problem or conflict that was uh, identified in the structure, correct, right? Correct. And it, the other thing we do is there's a, a sense of, and we've had to back off some of this during COVID, but it's training. Hmm. We truly believe that the acknowledged source is the the individual that people will seek out when they're looking for something. So who better to help with being a knowledge source than our lumberyard? They may have folks in the, on their staff that are handling custom cabinetry or windows or framing packs, who knows what else. Um, we want them to also understand the, the general basic aspects of the component business. They don't have to be an expert. That's what we're here for. But if they can understand the basics ask some questions, understand how that relays and beneficial to us and relays back to them. That's proven itself time and time again. And that further just builds upon this trust that we're in this together. I like that. So I want to end our discussion today by getting your perspective on integration in our industry. Uh, a lot has been said about LBMs integrating everything from field framing to component manufacturing into a single operation, a single business. But your model clearly thrives by keeping the entities separate, right? The, the, there's the LBM and there's the component manufacturer, two separate businesses, yet you're still allowing that LBM to offer a one-stop solution to their customers. It's working for you. And I, I'm just curious, from your perspective, what advantage does your model, two separate companies, provide to the market over a fully integrated one, you know, what, what may they not be able to do that you can do? I think there's a nimbleness to it, um, a, a perspective that's a little different, but, but I also look at it and I, I know some of the folks, uh, that work in places where the integrations happen and it's interesting, their perspective can be somewhat similar to ours. Um, 
we sell to LBMs that happen to be different uh, independent lumber yards and owned by different companies. They transact with the same ones. They're just all under one umbrella mm-hmm. from, from their perspective. But I, but I believe the difference gets to be just grit. I think at the end of the day, it is, is grit. Um, and mm-hmm. there is a unique personalized solution that a personal service that um, the LBMs that we deal with bring to uh, their customers. And it is clear that they will spend the time and the effort to be the subject matter expert, but they'll also help almost to the part of helping people move into their home. It is truly personal relationship that they're building. Not saying others don't, but that is what we see every day. And so when we're working with uh, people that help build dreams, that's, that's, that's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, at the end of the day, that's what's really awesome about this industry, right? We're not making widgets. We're no, building houses. Right. This is, these are people's shelter, their lives. This is where they build all these lifelong memories. They they raise their families, all that kind of thing. So that, that means something, right? Yes, it absolutely yeah. does. And it means something for us to work with them. And I think um, it empowers our team to feel as though that we are providing more than just a solution. We do provide solutions, but it's uh, you're helping make someone's dream or making their dream become a reality. Brian, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for inviting me. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please give this podcast a favorable rating and share it with others. Also, consider subscribing to SPCA's Component Connection podcast and whatever platform you use most. That way, you'll immediately know when we publish our next podcast. Again, I'd like to thank LMC for connecting Brian and I. We'll be talking with more SBCA LMC members in future podcasts. This has been a Component Connection podcast brought to you by SBCA. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover in a future episode, send it to podcast at sbcacomponents.com.